Pour parler d'agriculture et d'Europe à la jeunesse. Le climatwandel erfasst immer weitere Teile der Welt. Farmers help us bring nature back and preserve biodiversity. Ceux qui sont dans le rouge s'en sortent quand ils font plus vert. La qualité dans ce pays, elle doit être là pour tous. Hello and welcome to this edition of Food for Europe with me, Paul Anderson. We're looking at the new Common Agricultural Policy, the CAP, which comes into force from the 1st of January next year. Starting with an overview now, then in subsequent podcasts, we'll be exploring the details of what is one of the EU's most important and biggest programmes, also one of its longest lasting, as the new CAP marks the 60th anniversary of European farm support and subsidy. The total budget is 386 billion euros over the next five years, of which the lion's share, just under 270 billion, goes to income support for farmers. The rest is designed to support markets, rural development and next-generation farming. Before we start, let's rack back 60 years to when Europe was fleshing out its embryonic CAP a time when what's now the EU of 27 was the European Economic Community of France, West Germany, Italy, Belgium, the Netherlands and Luxembourg. Here in 1964, a French journalist is interviewing Sico Mansholt, then Vice President of the EEC Commission on Agriculture, about the unification of the six national markets. In Brussels, European agriculture, with its ups and downs, will remain in the spotlight until the end of the year. Mr. Mansholt, where do we stand exactly with this common agricultural market and what are the objectives? We have made great progress. I think we can say that in the past four or five years, we have created one mechanism from six different market structures across our member countries one organization of markets. Ooh, how much has changed, or maybe it hasn't. Let's jump to today with Danish organic dairy farmer Lona Andersen. She farms 115 cattle on 100 hectares in Linne in West Denmark. She also cultivates 140 hectares of arable in a cooperative with two other farmers and generates a small amount of energy with her own wind turbines. She sells beef to a local cooperative and milk to China for baby formula. A lot of things happening simultaneously. So what, Loni, is your take on the new CAP? I support a strong and uh, common European agriculture policy. And as a Danish far- a dairy farmer, it is important to have a level playing field among European farmers. But we need more simple rules. The level of green ambitions is very high. I welcome the introduction of the incentive-based eco-schemes, but more focus is needed on availability of eco-schemes for all farmers. But in general, the cap must be sustainable production metals rather than the extensification of agricultural production. How equipped do you feel this CAP is to arrive at Europe's biodiversity and ecology targets? The ambitions from the Commission side are, are very high and uh, our ambitions are also very high. But in Denmark we, we have as farmers set a clear target that a climate neutral Danish agricultural sector in 2050. But we cannot do it alone and we have to do it in the right way. We have to have a policy that rebuts the production we aim for. 
And it's very important when we are making rules for biodiversity that it also work for the biodiversity. What changes and priorities would you like to see in the cap for 28 to 32 when they start negotiations on that in a couple of years? We have started thinking about that. As you see, the, the back curtain for this discussion is three important themes. First, the green transition to meet the challenges of climate change, loss of biodiversity and various environmental issues. This related to the present commission's Green Deal and Farm to Fork. And the second, the necessity to produce agricultural goods and ensure food security. This has only been highlighted by the Russian invasion of Ukraine. And the third, maintaining a balance between rural and urban regions of the EU. If we are not able to preserve economic activity and production in rural areas where agriculture is an important part, I'm afraid we'll see social conflicts in the longer run. Lone Andersen in Denmark, many thanks indeed for joining us. With us now is one man who played no small role in shaping the new CAP, the Director General of DG Agri, Wolfgang Burcher. Mr. Burcher, welcome to Food for Europe. Thank you, Paul. Let me ask you first of all to set the scene and describe the challenges that farming is facing today. It is true that the uh, COVID crisis and the uh, aggression of Russia in Ukraine has to some extent created new challenges in terms of food security. And we see also that uh, the climate change has first consequences also on our agriculture. If you look at this year's harvest, we see that cereals harvest in Europe because of droughts has been reduced by 8%. And uh, overall for mice, it has been reduced by 24%. So you see that the challenges which we are facing are both on the one hand, to ensure the production of sufficient and affordable food for our citizens in Europe. But I think Europe has also a global responsibility in terms of contributing to fill the gap that exists in other parts of the world. And at the same time, we have to address the issues relating to climate change, reduction, decrease of biodiversity, and environmental damage. Will this CAP contribute to the resolution of these? Farmers in Europe still strongly rely on public support. Their average income in Europe is uh, only half of the general average income in Europe. So the new CAP foresees a considerable budget for the farming community. A challenge related to the public support for farmers was always the fair distribution of these funds to farmers. And I really think that we have made a, a big contribution through this new cup to a fairer distribution of uh, the income support to farmers. Why? Because 10% of the uh, direct payments, 20 billion euros, have to be redistributed to small farmers. Okay, what about climate change then in more detail, which is also a big and evolving concern? Let me just give you some figures. At least 90% of agricultural land will be subject to minimum requirements. So farmers, if they want to achieve income support direct payments, they have to comply with obligations like 
doing annual rotation of their production to set aside at least 4% of their uh, agricultural land for purposes of biodiversity. And 90 billion euros will be spent on specific practices to, live, to deliver environmental benefits. What's the thinking behind the national strategic plans and the decentralization of CAP? What was in our mind when we have designed this policy is that member states should firstly, in the context of a strengths and weakness analysis of their common agricultural policy, identify the strengths and the weaknesses. We have been very attentive that the instruments and the budgets that member states are proposing are really designed in such a manner that they address, in particular, the weaknesses. I'd like to put to you a recurring problem that young farmers complain about over access to land. The figures speak volumes. Two-thirds of young farmers' loan requests for land are turned down by the banks. Is this something to be addressed in the next CAP? We really need to ensure that the framework conditions for young farmers are such that it uh, remains attractive to become a farmer. The access to land, indeed, is a huge challenge for young farmers because real estate prices for farmland are increasing across the European Union. Can we resolve this issue on the European level? I think there is always ways and means to um, address challenges also at the European level to provide incentives and uh, measures that are capable to um, mitigate the scale of this issue. But the truth also is that in particular when it comes to rules regarding acquisition of land, the European Union has little um, competences and responsibilities to interfere. Thank you very much, Wolfgang Bircher, for joining us. Diana Lenzi joins us now from her winery in Tuscany. The farm has been in her family for two centuries. 16 hectares, which fell to Diana, a political sciences graduate and then a chef, to manage. No pressure then. She moved from Rome to the farm and, as she says, let it become her teacher. Now she produces Chianti Classico and olive oil. Diana is also president of the European Council of Young Farmers. Diana, what's the council's view of the new cap? In some member states, there was really a lack of inclusion when it came especially to the young farmers. And this was for us something that we frowned upon, again, because this cap is also designing the, the agriculture of the future. And we would like to think that if it is our future, that we are a part of it from the, from the beginning. Having said this, we were happy that there was greater recognition towards the role of young farmers. We had a campaign which was double the ambition because our request was to pass from 2 to 4% of direct payment dedicated to young farmers. We uh, achieved a 3%. Still, it's always good to have a little bit more than a little bit less. Is the issue of land ownership for young people and the creation of modern farm enterprises addressed? We know that direct payments do tend to capitalise land, um, that this turns out into some unfair... Uh, practices when it comes to land ownership and, and land rentals. And two out of three requests of a young farmer for loans is rejected. I mean, without land, you can't farm. So. Where do environmental and biodiversity protection and sustainable farming fit in here? I'm very convinced that the way forward is through investments and investments in sustainability. 
which is something that the new cap is stressing on. Right now we have this huge um, confusion of objectives. If the, is the cap supposed to help green Europe? Is the cap supposed to help ensure food security? Is the cap supposed to ensure food security while also becoming more sustainable? We have a million questions and no certainty that in 12 months someone will send out a new reflection on the new cap and then there will be new rules and new change. And I know this is how the EU works, but farmers are slow and nature is slow. Do you feel the new CAP addresses the need to reinvigorate community life? The depopulment of rural areas is really a threat to European, to Europe as a, as a whole. If we lose that connect tissue that holds together these huge areas, over 60% of uh, EU land is considered a rural area, we're creating deserts. And, and when you have deserts, there's nothing good can happen. Infrastructure is the first step that we need. Uh, and around that, if through the cap, we can create a little bit more of solidity, economic solidity for farms, the fact that if we have viable economic farms can bring economic livelihood to that areas. And when you have economic livelihood, you need services. And when you have services, this kind of upscales. Many thanks, Diana Lenzi. Let's stick with the theme of community regeneration and to another Danish farmer, Michael Tilsbeck, who owns a pig farm just north of Copenhagen. You're right now in your village square, Michael, a lively village of about 500 households with a sports club, garage, butcher, but no village shop. What happened to it? For 114 years, we had a local shop here. The shop closed two years ago. So that actually forced us to do something. And we started up three guys. One of one was me. And we decided that we want to make a rescue plan for this shop here. We bought the shop after it was closed. The plan was to make a kind of cooperative with the citizens in the, in the village. And that's meant we have sold the shares in the local society here for uh, close to uh, 400,000 uh, euros. Uh, and we actually have sold shares uh, for 200 uh, houses out of uh, 500 who are in the village here. For me as a local farmer who make a very big impact of uh, the environment and the society here, it's very important for me to be a part of this uh, local society so I can uh, be in close contact uh, to the citizens in our village here. Michael Tilsbeck, many thanks for walking us through this. And on that note, we'll wind up this overview of the new common agricultural policy. Our thanks also to DG Agri Director General Wolfgang Burcher, Dairy Farmer Lona Anderson, and Young Farmers Council President Diana Lenzi. Thank you too for tuning in to Food for Europe. You can download this podcast and the others in our series via all the main podcast platforms. Until the next time, from me, Paul Anderson. Goodbye. Organic farming is steadily increasing. That's good. Pour parler d'agriculture et d'Europe à la jeunesse. Der Klimawandel erfasst immer weitere Teile der Welt. Farmers help us bring nature back and preserve biodiversity. Ceux qui sont dans le rouge s'en sortent quand ils font plus vert. La qualité dans ce pays, elle doit être là pour tous. 